It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. Yeah, it's going to be a crazy finish to the regular season for the Edmonton Elks. On November 13th, they will play at Saskatchewan. Now, that game was originally going to be at Commonwealth, but they swapped the locations of the two games between the Elks and the Rough Riders to accommodate the schedule. So November 13th at Saskatchewan, the Argos game rescheduled for Tuesday, November 16th, Edmonton at Toronto, and then November 19th, Edmonton at BC. We will talk to Randy Ambrosi about the schedule adjustment, about COVID protocols, about Jacob Ruby's future in the Canadian Football League. He's going to join us in a couple minutes. Also, Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet reporting tonight that the NHL and NHLPA have finalized their COVID-19 protocols for the upcoming season the uh, teams will have a mechanism to suspend unvaccinated players who are unable to participate in club activities so this could be if a player can't travel because of uh, regulations in in a province or a state these individuals would have to forfeit the equivalent of one day's pay for each day that they can't participate. So that's pretty uh, significant. There are, are some exceptions along the way, but uh, so players, there there will be a mechanism for NHL teams to suspend players basically day by day who uh, might not be able to travel or do things like that. Um, also, there's some the, uh, provisions for players to opt out of the upcoming season. Any person who has a position that uh, involves them to be within 12 feet of hockey operations personnel, including the players, must be fully vaccinated. Now, fully vaccinated players are going to be tested at least every third day. Unvaccinated players will be tested daily, and there will be stiffer rules for unvaccinated players in terms of where they can spend their time, move around the hotel. They're not going to be allowed to use shared facilities. They're not going to be allowed to use hotel gyms, pools, saunas, and steam rooms, and things like that. So obviously more on that in the days to come, but that is what it's looking like for the NHL and the NHL Players Association. Okay. Well, the Edmonton Elks have been the center of attention in the Canadian Football League and unfortunately not for anything going on on the field to discuss some of those issues. We welcome back to Inside Sports, the commissioner of the Canadian Football League, Randy Ambrosi. Randy, how are you doing? I'm good, Reid. Nice to be back with you. Well, it's great to talk to you, Randy. Thanks for coming on to speak to the fans through my show tonight because I I know a lot of people have wanted to hear from the commissioner through all this, so I I appreciate you taking time for us. First of all, we should touch on the news that was announced this afternoon. And, uh, you know, Chris Preston indicated on this show last week that the Elks uh, likely were not going to have to forfeit the game in Toronto, which is a good thing. And we were likely getting close to having a new home for the game. Uh, It will fit in in mid-November and it's going to be a busy stretch of games there late in the season for the Elks. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, as you know, Reed, it was always going to be tough. We talked about this from the beginning. One of the reasons why we we're so desperate to keep COVID out of our locker rooms as rescheduling games uh, in football is very, very tough. But we found a way, and I'll tell you, I got a big shout out to so many people who helped to make it possible. Certainly uh, 
certainly Chris and, and his colleagues, uh, you know, with the Elks and, and the Toronto Argonauts were great. We actually had a lean in with some help from the, from the Rough Riders and uh, the Bombers and the Alouettes played a, played a part in this. And all of this will become clear as people read our press release. Uh, they'll understand that a whole bunch of people weighed in. But, you know, Chris, one of the other, or sorry, Reed, one of the other groups that deserves a, um, a real shout out is the Players Association and the players themselves. And uh, Brian Ramsey had an idea to uh, how we could help Edmonton, who's going to be asked to, uh, their players will be asked to play uh, three games in a very tight time frame. And they came to us with the idea of expanding our rosters. I, I thought it was a tremendous idea, as did my colleagues. And, uh, you know, Reid, I'm, I'm hoping it's evidence of a, of a real change in the way we're trying to work together, the players in the league really working together as partners uh, to build the future for the game. So lots of... Lots of great people helped. I'm happy to report the game's going to be played, and uh, and that's good for the CFL, and it, and it's certainly good for our players and coaches who deserve, uh, you know, to play every game and, and have every opportunity to win uh, win football games. Was and, and you know you touched on it was a, a team effort with with other people in the league, not just the Elks and the Argos, but you as the commissioner, were you ever seriously considering? proclaiming it uh, a forfeit and saying like look this 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 isn't going to work i don't want to jam games in awkwardly did that ever seriously cross your mind well you know we knew it was there but our first priority by a long shot was to try to reschedule and we said that from the beginning and we uh and we wanted to honor that commitment it did take a, a lot of people there was actually a, a, another group uh, that were involved that had to release a, a date that had a hold on bmo field and they they agreed to um, you know to relinquish that date and and be accommodated elsewhere, and that's why I say this domino effect really then brought into play a lot of uh, you know a lot of teams, a lot of uh, a lot of players were involved in this uh, in this particular uh, reshuffling. But boy, a great cooperation and great display of teamwork. Okay, well we've uh, we've added that one to the schedule, so good to know that. Randy, obviously a challenging time for the Edmonton Elks the, the last couple of weeks. Uh, I've obviously heard from a lot of fans who were who were disappointed the game didn't get played when it, when it was supposed to be played, though I'm glad we have a do, new date right now. Uh, Jacob Ruby was let go for, by the team, the offensive lineman, and you know there's been suggestions that the league has said uh, nobody else signed this player. Uh, can you comment on that report? And, and if that is the league's direction, why is that the direction? Well, look, uh, uh, based on an agreement we've made with the uh, Player Association, and again, you've heard me uh, talk about how important that relationship is. We're not going to get into the specifics. Uh, what I will say, Reid, is this. Uh, it was a serious breach of our COVID protocols. And look, my number one priority in uh, entering this season was to keep uh, everybody, our, our players, our coaches, our football operations staff, to keep them safe. And, uh, and that's a responsibility that I take seriously. All of the leadership around the league, the governors, everyone takes that seriously. And when we had a, a serious breach in our protocols, we've, we, um, Edmonton uh, felt it was important to, uh, to, you know, to make a, a strong and, and I think a, 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 very, a, a very appropriate move. And, uh, and I support what they, and what they did. And, and I guess I'll leave it at that just to say, if uh, when you when you take the safety and health of your of your people seriously, 
then uh, sometimes you have to do serious things uh, in response to a, a significant breach. So could you foresee a day when Jacob Ruby is welcome again as a CFL player? Uh, well, listen, I, I, I would hope to, to never be somebody who's responsible for, you know, for damaging someone's career. And I would be hopeful that there is a, a time and a place when, uh, when obviously a very talented young man will get a chance to, you know, to play CFL football again. Uh, it's not my intention, nor is it anybody's intention to, you know, to damage his career. We're simply responding to a, a significant breach in protocol. We've done what we think is appropriate under the circumstances, and I hope that his career will uh, will restart and he'll uh, enjoy great success uh, in the future. All right. Randy Ambrosi, Commissioner of the Canadian Football League, joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Chris Presson has said that, look, if you, if you consider the Elks vaccination rate of, you know, about in the low 80s percentage-wise, it's higher than the Canadian rate and, and the provincial rate. Um, but I'm just wondering your impression of that. And because being a professional athlete is a very specialized perfect, uh, profession and the Elks and other CFL players operate in a team environment, should they be held to a different standard when it comes to vaccinations? Well, look, we're, you know, we're doing what we think is appropriate. We're, we're encouraging everyone to, to get vaccinated, uh, and, and, and we're not going to change our position on that. We think it is the single best way to keep everyone safe. And we think it is the single best way to ensure that we have a successful season that culminates in a great cup uh, on, on December the 12th in Hamilton. And we're, we're going to continue to press that. We're also going to press really hard on um, and, and demand, frankly, that uh, people and, and all of our stakeholders follow our protocols because that again is the other incredibly important part of keeping our our you know our football personnel safe and our players uh, on the field look all the other stuff is uh, is probably for somebody else to to decide you know what standards are we've 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 taken our position we're going to hold firm to what we've uh, what we've decided. We believe this is the best way to have a successful 2021 season. Under what obviously, Reed, you and and all of your listeners know, has been very very trying circumstances. But this is what we believe it's going to take to finish our season, and we're going to do everything we can to get um, everyone vaccinated as much as possible. And uh, we are certainly going to demand that uh, that everyone follows our protocols. Is there an update on the potential, and it seems like a very strong potential, of uh, restrictions on unvaccinated people slash players uh, flying later in the season? And are you concerned about that potentially um, keeping some players uh, out, of, out of games if they can't go across the country? Well, it's a as as we are understanding it, we have an informed perspective uh, that that there is a very good chance that that will be uh, put in place, uh, and certainly if it is uh, based on the based on the definition as we understand it, then there's a really good chance that if you're not vaccinated, you'll simply won't be able to fly. It's an awfully long way from Edmonton to to Hamilton. Uh, and you know, in December, that's going to be a that's going to be a long drive uh, if somebody wants to play in the Grey Cup game. So, uh, look again, it's just part of this. It's just part of the story. These are difficult times. We all know that. You know, the past two years for all of us 
you know, everyone from coast to coast and frankly, all across the world have recognized that we're in a unique and, and very challenging time, Reed. We're just going to continue to do what we think is best. We're going to encourage everyone to get vaccinated. Why? Because that's going to do the best job possible of keeping us on the field. And we'd like all of our players to have an opportunity to play in every game that's on the schedule and the ones that come after the regular season, which of course the players and the coaches and, and frankly all of our fans hold in such high regard, that being our playoffs and ultimately the Grey Cup. And I, I think it would be a tragedy for, uh, for someone to have to miss, um, miss a game if they, if they couldn't travel and they weren't vaccinated, but because they weren't vaccinated. Okay. Well, Randy, thanks for covering uh, that that side of it. Uh, obviously, you know, it, it is part of the story of the season, whether we like it or not. I'll, I'll end on, a, on an up note. It's Labor Day weekend. It's rivalry time. Um, you know, that usually brings a few more fans into stadiums and around television sets, which is exciting. What's this weekend like for you as the commissioner? Well, it's, uh, you know, it's amazing. Look, it's it's the Marks Labor Day weekend, and I I would like to redo a shout-out to our friends and partners at Marks who have been so great and have stood with us, you know, during the, uh, throughout the COVID crisis, and a giant shout-out. Everyone, get into your local Marks store and buy some of their great merchandise because they're great partners of ours. But look, the, the bottom line is it's, it's what we've all known. All of us who love our league and love our game know Labor Day is special. It has been for as long as anyone can remember as such an important part of the season because it, it kind of signals that march towards the playoffs. And of course, Reed, we know this year, given uh, that we're only playing 14 games, uh, uh, you know, rather than 18, every game matters that much more. You know, this weekend, we're going to start off on Friday night with Montreal in Ottawa. It's going to be a great game between two teams that are, you know, looking to, to start accelerating and, and get their get their season on track. Uh, obviously, uh, going into going into Regina on Sunday, the Bombers, uh, Rough Riders rivalry is very well known. And then, of course, uh, you know, you you move to the east uh, where you've got uh, you know Hamilton and Toronto. I've played I've played in the Hamilton Toronto Labor Day game, uh, and I know how big it is. I've got great memories of those rivalries. I think I got some memories of Mike Walker and and Grover Covington uh, laying a, laying the lumber to me a little bit. Uh, you know, during those games. And then, of course, uh, you know, Edmonton and Calgary. What could be better than that? What could be better than, you know, the, the you know, Edmonton Elks um, heading south to Calgary and playing in that Labor Day game? It's, uh, it's a classic. I, as you know, I played in those games as well. I know how passionate the, the, the cities are uh, cheering for their teams. I think the, the, the players know it's important. Uh, you know, I, I, I had a chance to play on both sides of that. I, it was an honor to be part of the Labor Day games in, uh, in Calgary. And then the beautiful part is that, um, you know, we, we'll see the following week. We're going to see the three of those, three of those rematches played on, um, on different home soil. And of course, uh, it's not just the, it's not just the Labor Day game. It's the, it's the combination of the two that can have a huge effect on the way the season plays out. So Reed, it's just exciting. I'm so proud to be part of the league. I'm proud of how we've battled our way through this terrible crisis. I'm proud, uh, obviously, uh, great following from our fans. TV ratings are up 11% this year. Uh, obviously, there's a great love affair for the CFL all across Canada. And I'm just, I'm just proud to be part of uh, every moment of it.
All right. Thank you, Randy. Appreciate it. That's Randy Ambrosi checking in tonight, the commissioner of the Canadian Football League. So we touched on some of the COVID stories with him as he gets ready for Labor Day weekend. As are we here on 6.30, Chad, we have the Elks and the Stamps. 12.30 countdown to kickoff on Monday. The game is going to start at 2.30. You are welcome to chime in as well. The hotline is powered by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials, 780-496-0063. Dave Campbell will also have the latest from Elks practice today. Who's in, who's out? It's inside. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's Sports on Jet. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. The old soccer match on the tube here. Canada starting the final stage of World Cup qualifying. They're in a pool of eight. You got to be in the top three to get through automatically. So a 14-game tournament here played out over several weeks, several months to get in, taking on Honduras tonight. 21st minute in Toronto, no score yet. Obviously, this is the best Canadian soccer team we've had. Well, I think it's fair to say ever led by Edmontonian Alfonso Davies. So we will keep you updated on that match tonight. So there were some of the nuts and bolts from Randy Ambrosi. Yeah, I mean, that's a crazy busy finish to the season for the Elks. Three road games in seven days. The the other games, I mean, when I talked to Chris Preston on Friday, I, I said, are other teams involved here to accommodate the schedule? And he said, yes, but nobody changed the dates of any of their games. Now, Edmonton and Saskatchewan swapped home dates on November 5th and November 13th, but the games are being played uh, at on the same days. One of the kickoff times has been adjusted. Winnipeg and Montreal adjust the kickoff time for their game on November 13th, but no teams moved dates around and, and swapped dates with Edmonton and Toronto and so everything could be fit in. So this Edmonton-Toronto game is still very much crammed in and it's uh, very much not an advantageous schedule for the Elks, who, who who knows? I mean, those final three games could be key in trying to make the postseason. They don't exactly look like a team that's going to finish first or second in the division at this point. Uh, the For the final two games of that run on the 16th and the 19th of November, the uh, CFL and the Players Association agreeing that both teams can add five players to the active rosters. So Edmonton, Toronto on the 16th, Edmonton and BC on November 19th, but still extremely, extremely busy. We'll touch on that with Dave Campbell. Some big names not able to participate for the Elks today. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. 
Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hey, they're in COVID protocol. We'll run that down for you as well. It's Inside Sports on Chet. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Cam Moon coming up in the next half hour of the show. It was uh, Mooner was the inspiration for that segment we had on the show yesterday with Jared Burgoyne and Milan Dragasevic, who played for the 89-90 Victoria Cougars, who went 565-2. That's not a good record. That's not a good record. Uh, always fun to have Mooner on the show. We'll catch up with him in half an hour. Elks injury report today. Here we go. Take notes. Malik Clements, linebacker, hamstring injury, but uh, participated in practice. Mike Moore, toe injury, limited participation. The next batch of names I will list here are all in COVID protocol. Jonathan Rose, Shai Ross, Darrell Walker, Christian Rector, Tavon Smith, Kwaku Boateng, Aaron Grimes, Armante Edwards, Albert Smalls, Keyshawn Bieria, Brandon Pittman, and Reggie Howard. Now, some of those players, uh, Howard, Boateng, Rector, Walker, Ross, and Rose, were limited in practice today. The other ones, the biggest name you'll recognize there, Aaron Grimes and also Tavon Smith did not participate as we bring in Dave Campbell, the producer of the show. And he also covers the Edmonton Elks and is the color commentator for a broadcast here on 630 Chet. Okay, Dave. So should we assume, and I know it can be dangerous to assume, but let's start the conversation there. Should we assume that the players who did not participate today are likely going to be out on Monday or, or what are we looking at here for the players in COVID protocol? Well, you know, it's day one. I don't take a lot of stock into the injury report on day one because uh, day two is is really the the heavy work day, and they didn't do much today anyway. I mean, they they ramped it up slowly, and by the end of practice, the the, the pace was better, but uh, or quicker, I should say. I think tomorrow, if we see those names after the injury or after practice and the injury report is released for day two, then I think you could start to kind of, you know, decipher that some of those guys are going to be out. Now, if the limited participants are limited again tomorrow and then they become a full participant on Saturday for day three, then their chances are going up to play. But if, you know, if if you see, uh, you know, if we see did not participate beside those same names tomorrow then i would say it's probably it's probably pretty easy to assume that that they're not going to play on monday it's a pretty lengthy list and there's a lot of good names on that list that could not be that might not be available monday and that that would not be good for this team well yeah i mean obviously walker stands out to to me you know he was a limited participant like you said uh certainly jonathan rose at defensive back uh you know shy ross is part of the receiving core so yeah it's uh it's it's significant yeah, so you hope as many of those uh, sorry Botang as well yeah it's uh there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of star power on that list right now that uh makes you worried about monday for sure 
All right. So they, they get back at it to ramp up for Labor Day. I, I, we had comments on the show last night. A couple other guys spoke today. Um, what's, what's the overall, or maybe it's, there's not an overall tone. Maybe everybody's different. What's the overall tone from the players and the coach after that long delay? Are they apologetic? Are they a little sheepish? Are they defiant? Are they trying to move past it? Like, what sense are you getting? I think it's it's the latter. I think they are trying to move past it. I mean, you heard what Trevor Harris had to say, you know, yesterday about uh, he didn't even want to address the outbreak, didn't want to address anything surrounding COVID. He just wanted to look ahead to uh, in Bill Belichick style. We're moving on to to Calgary. Um, I, I think there's some frustration that they're uh, after their first win two weeks ago in Vancouver over the Lions. Uh, they uh, they had to shut down, and I mean that's you know I mean they they were responsible for that obviously. So uh, there's no one that I'm not saying blame, but you know that's that's more on them than anyone else. Uh, you know I, I I sense they're just trying to move on. I think they are trying to say the right things, and I do think when it comes Monday at two thirty and even before that that they're just going to go out and play, but. Uh, you know, I think they've gone through a lot. I think there was a ton of stress. I think there was a ton of frustration. But they're all trying to move on from that because they're back in the field. And it was an enthusiastic group uh, on the field today. And I think, uh, you know, this, you know, you have a tendency to kind of forget what you're doing or, or kind of how you feel and maybe how you feel towards someone else, uh, you know, when you're kind of working together in that type of environment. So, yeah, you know, I just I just sense that they're you know overall the overarching feeling is that they're glad the last ten days are over, and that they can look ahead and uh, get ready for a big game on Monday. All right, the rescheduled game against the Argos is going to be oh. November thirteenth. Again, if people have missed it, the the home and home against Saskatchewan late in the season, the venues have been swapped. The dates of the games have not. The venues have been swapped. So now the Elks are home on November 5th, and then here's the final week of their season. Saturday, November 13th at Sask, Tuesday, November 16th at Toronto, and then that Friday night, two days off and then another game at BC. I had Randy Ambrosi on the show. Uh, you know, he's positive and, and says, hey, we all work together, and the PA agreed to, grand, uh, to expand the rosters. Fair enough. I said, did you ever consider a forfeit? He said, you know, sure, it crosses your mind, but he, he didn't want to do that. Um, but this is, I, I was saying before we went to news, this is not a case where, okay, Winnipeg said we're going to move to our bye week, and then our bye week will be this week, and then another team moved so Edmonton and Toronto could have a nice kind of regular at least four or five days between games. This game is crammed in. It is three games in seven days. That's, I don't think it's unprecedented. In, well, I know it's not unprecedented in the CFL, but it's no. unprecedented in, in the modern-day CFL. I mean, I think in the 40s and 50s, they would play three games in a week. Um, but this is unprecedented in the modern-day CFL. It, like, it's, it's, it, it is a crammed-in game. I don't know how else to describe it. This is downright insane. Like, that's what it is. I saw it, and I had to, you know, first I tweeted out the wrong dates like a dodo head. Uh, but I think I was just like, I, I, I've never seen this in football. Uh, you know, I've seen similar type of schedules. I, I remember, I think Ottawa had three games in eight, nine days, I think, a few years ago. 
and we all thought that was crazy. Like this is like to play Saturday, then to travel, and then you're basically not practicing. We'll probably have a you know a, a, an extended walkthrough, and then you play the Argos, and then you're going to fly all the way to Vancouver, I would imagine, and then you know have another uh, extended walkthrough, and then play your third game in seven days. It's good that they they uh, are allowing the Elks and in turn allowing the opponent, the Argos on the 16th and the Lions on the 19th, to expand their active roster by five players, and they're probably going to need it. So, you know, I don't know. Like, I guess the good news is the players will be able to get paid, but, whoa, boy, what a cost. You know, and I don't know where the Elks will be uh, when this stretch starts, and this, this could be a, a really... You know, one of those stories we write that look how they persevered. I don't know how they get through it, playing that many games in, in that short amount of time, or this could really bury them. And another factor, too, Reed, is at that point in the season, you will have to be fully vaccinated to travel by air. That is a huge storyline. And we know the Elks, I mean, the last numbers we got were, was a week ago from the team that they're almost 80% fully vaccinated and almost 84% as a team vaccinated. So you hope that number goes up. It sounds like more players are interested in really in the vaccine. I mean, and if, you know, if you want to travel, you have no choice that week, but to, but to, to get on a plane and, and fly. So this has super ramifications even here on September the 2nd. So, you know, this is, this is an insane amount of games in, in, in a same short amount of time. And then you have the fact that the federal government has enacted this, this you know, the, this legislation, if, I should say here too, if the liberals, not to, you know, make this a political conversation, but in relation to the CFL and this, and this proposed legislation by the liberals, if they don't get in, then I wonder what will happen, right? So that that's another thing to think about as well. So there's just a lot in the air right now, but at the moment, uh, this is uh, this is quite the stretch for the Elks. But if you're not fully vaccinated, you're not playing in the in these games either. So there's that to think about. Yeah, uh, there's so much uncertainty, and I mean this. I, I mean we've been talking about the Elks. Do, do not. I mean I know they've only played three games. We'll see, but they they do not look like a team that can finish first or second in the division. So, I mean, they could be, they could be five and six or four and seven going into those three games in a week and need to win them all to make the playoffs. So a a lot of storylines going on here. Dave Campbell joining us tonight on inside sports. It looks like I have the Canada Honduras match on here. I think Honduras is getting a penalty kick in the 39th minute game is still scoreless. So this is a, a big moment here. We'll keep you updated. Jacob Ruby. I, I asked Randy Ambrosi about him. Randy Ambrosi said what Ruby did was a serious violation. This was uh, mm-hmm. obviously misleading the Elks in terms of his vaccination status. The story about the, the uh, forged documents turned out to be inaccurate, but he, uh, he did apparently mislead the Elks in terms of his vaccination status. And from the way Randy Ambrosi answered my question about Ruby's future, this it, it sounds like, Dave, this basically is an indefinite suspension because Ambrosi did say he, he hopes that this does not take away Ruby's career in the Canadian football league, though it is pretty harsh just to, to be indefinitely oh. suspended. I think. Absolutely. It is to, to have, first of all, your club team 
uh, say goodbye to you because, and I think they're, ju- I think the Elks are justified in, in, in releasing Ruby because I, I think that's a serious violation in, in the day and age that we're living in. But secondly, for the league to step in and tell eight other GMs you can't sign him uh, is, is pretty harsh. However, uh, you know, I have heard there are GMs around the league now that they don't even want to consider an unvaccinated player. They said, we're not going to take that risk anymore. We want players who are vaccinated and preferably fully vaccinated. So in some ways I go, okay, I'm not totally surprised. Just I think because uh, there is an appetite around the league. Uh, you know, from a GM standpoint, you know, we don't want to deal with an unvaccinated player anymore. It's too too big of a risk. But you know, I, and, and I also think I, I hope in May, when we're talking about 2022 training camp, I hope we're in a better spot uh, with COVID than we are now. And I hope maybe this is not a, not as much of a consideration. But look, we can't predict that far. We can't even predict next week about this virus. But uh, it, it was harsh. But I think. I, I think there is an appetite around the league too, just to not touch an unvaccinated player. So, in, in some ways, I'm not overly surprised that this happened. Although, you know, when you saw the, the you know, the tweet from Dave Naylor yesterday of TSN, and you're like, wow, that is a really harsh action. So, but it just shows you what Jacob Ruby did, falsifying his information uh, about being vaccinated when he wasn't is, uh, and, and he didn't sign anything. I mean, there wasn't any paper documents or anything like that, but when he was asked to prove that he was vaccinated, he couldn't because he wasn't. And that's a pretty serious violation. All right. We got a weird one here. I don't know if you have the soccer game on here, Dave. And I don't. I have the, I have the sound down, but Honduras was awarded a penalty kick. We're now in the 42nd minute of the first half. And the players scored, so Honduras goes up one nothing on Canada in the in the opening game here of the final round of qualifying for the World Cup. And then he took a couple very proud strides, the penalty kick taker, after scoring the goal. He was not yeah. jumping around or excessively celebrating. A Canadian player going back to console his goalie appeared to barely inadvertently bump the Honduran player. And this <laughs> Honduran player has now been carried off the field on a stretcher. And And I hate to say this, because injuries are injuries, and, and you never know. I don't know if this is a case of extreme histrionics. He's been subbed out of the game, so he must actually be quite hurt. And I don't know if it's from the bump from the Canadian player or if he just pulled something while walking after while celebrating the goal. It, it, I mean, I, yeah. I hope he's okay. I hope this isn't some blatant exaggeration to try to get another uh to get another canadian player in trouble but anyway honduras is soccer, right? in that game. what's that it is, it is soccer, well, it is soccer. Though, right? like i hate to say that but you you don't know i mean natea jay and i got talking about that last week that that's part of the culture and and i think some uh countries probably do it more so than others i mean now there's a honduran player rolling around on the ground and the referee actually went up to him and pulled him up like basically saying, "Get up!" Like I'm not buying this. And there's there's a there's a bit of a scrum here with with, with players on two teams. Okay, well, you know what? A Canadian player pushed the Honduras player in the back after he didn't have the ball. That that should oh. be at least a foul on the on the Canadian player. It looks like Canada's getting a little. And this this is frustrating for me to watch. Uh, and I'm not like yeah. the hugest soccer guy, but for people of our vintage, Dave, like we're we're our men's team has been a joke. Yeah. Like, let's face it, you know, like, 
one World Cup appearance, didn't score a goal. They expanded the World Cup from 24 to 32 teams. And we thought, oh, now we'll get in all the time because we'd usually finish third in CONCACAF. And then we got even worse. And this undoubtedly is on paper the best Canadian team ever. And they have not answered the bell. Now, there are 14 games in this round of qualifying, but they have not answered the bell tonight. But this this game, I mean, you win this game, and you're you're setting yourself up better for the rest of the rest of the uh, the run here. You know, when you're going to the U.S. next, and then, you know, if 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 you have to win games down the road in hostile territory, you know, in Central America and 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 South America, and you know, the U.S. Obviously, I mean, that's that's tough to do. Even though this is. This is probably the best group we have ever seen with with Alfonso Davies and with Jonathan David, and you know, there's uh, it's just a better men's program. John Herdman has, you know, he did wonders with the women's program, and I think he's doing the same with the men's program. But you know, there's a lot of pressure on this team, you know, and I I think that uh, they can finish third in this group, but uh, you know, you have it's almost like the old uh, or the ghosts of you know qualifying World Cup qualifiers of the past, you know, my fears it's going to haunt this team a little bit longer, but uh, there's no doubt that this is uh, this is a much better Canadian side than we have ever, ever seen. And, and they're still young. I mean, Davies is, what, 1920? You know, so, I mean, we haven't seen the best out of him yet. And he's still pretty good at what he does, but uh, boy, you would just love to see. I, I remember 86. I remember cheering for Canada and going, well, this stinks. They never scored a goal. I mean, I I thought it was cool that they're in the World Cup, but you want your team to to at least score a goal. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens here. They got to rally up now and 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 to see if they can if they can strike back here. But uh, yeah, I mean, you just you just want you just so badly want to see Canada on the world stage again. I mean, to to witness what we saw at the Olympics with the with the women's team. I mean, you would love to see that with the men's team. And I know it's. You know the, the the men's side is you know the men's game is a lot broader, but you know it took the women so long to kind of get to this point, and you know I think the men are on their way. But uh, I mean, you look at where they're ranked now. I mean, they're in the low 50s, which is their best rank in a long, long time. So you're talking about 32 teams in the World Cup. Well, they're not even the best 32 in the world, but you know I think they can. Uh, they definitely can make some noise because they got one of the best players in the world in Davies, and they got a good side. All right, Dave, thanks for the update on the Elks. Uh, we'll see what happens at practice tomorrow. I'm looking forward to having you and Morley calling a game on Monday, man. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thanks for doing this. I can't wait to actually call a game. I mean, it took 20 months, and now I forget what it's like. And it's been two weeks. It feels like it's been two months. It's crazy. But looking forward to it. The Labor Day has never been fun for the, for the Elks lately or the, or the old team, the other football team, but... You love the hype surrounding Labor Day, and I can't wait to feel that again. That is Dave Cabell checking in. 12.30 on Monday is the countdown to kickoff game is at 2.30. Edmonton at Calgary. Eight consecutive Labor Day losses for the double E. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Uh, Jay Lynn was talking about this too. ABBA has a couple of new songs out. I listened to them this afternoon. 
I don't think they're very good. But there's stuff from the uh, 70s and early 80s. It's uh, very good. Knowing me, knowing you. What a classic. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. ABBA, that's 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 their, their first letters of their four first names, isn't it? It's uh, Bjorn, Benny, Anna, and uh, the other one. But it starts with an A. Is that right, Kellen? Is are those the first names of the I, people in ABBA? Yeah, I think that's correct. I have no idea what the yeah, fourth yeah. member's name is either. But I think that's yeah. correct. The one that's called the other one. The one that's called the other one that starts with an A. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the men are Bjorn and Benny. I, I'm seriously not looking this up. I'm just going off my vast ABBA knowledge. I remember when I was a kid, my, my parents had all the ABBA LPs, records. I guess I guess if you don't know what an like if you're young and vinyl. you don't know what an LP is, you probably won't know what a record is either. Though I, I think vinyl, like the kids, what, is it the millennials that like the vinyl? Yes. Generation yeah. Y, I think it's the millennials. I mean, I like the vinyl. I got a vinyl collection. I started at home. I, I so. don't understand this. Why have vinyl when you can have? Because the stuff. covers are pretty to look at. That's Everything, why. <laughs> like now, my my iPad is my is my music collection. I don't need records i don't need tapes i don't need cds everything's digital i don't need to look at the record and it sounds better i don't care what people say it's it sounds better than the vinyl don't you think i sure <laughs> it depends on what you're listening on and don't forget too there are some really oh, sure. dodgy uh you know mp3 and and yes and other players out crappy, there right so crappy bluetooth speakers mm-hmm. out there right you know, so made by shady companies shady bluetooth speaker companies <laughs> that want your money for their inferior sound quality anyway this little this music we play going to commercial better than the new abba songs that's my opinion cool okay nhl and nhlpa Elliot friedman reporting today have finalized covid19 protocols for the upcoming season the biggest point here is that teams will be able to suspend unvaccinated players who are unable to participate in club activities so this maybe could be where a player couldn't travel or something like that because of certain regulations um so they would be uh they would forfeit one day's pay for each day they can't partake so i guess would kind of be a day-by-day suspension until they're uh, cleared to participate again Cam Moon is not suspended from being on Inside Sports. We love having him on. He's an inspiration to all of us. He will join us next. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.